Brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus. The text for the message is our gospel reading from Mark chapter 10, where we read, And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Thus far the text. Have you or a family member ever suffered a health challenge for which you could not determine the root cause? The doctors keep identifying and treating the symptoms that they see there, but you or your loved one make no real progress towards getting better because you haven't got to the root of the problem. Once the doctors finally get to the heart of the problem, they can prescribe the medicine or do the surgery that's needed to bring you back from that, to address the real problem and to allow you or your loved one to recover quickly. It's essential to get to the heart of the matter for diagnosis and treatment of the real problem, treatment that will bring you or your loved one back to full health. That's true for us in our physical lives, and it's also true for us in our spiritual lives. We need to get to the heart of the matter to have a soul at rest. It was true for the man who approached Jesus in our gospel today. He approaches Jesus and asks him what is necessary for him to inherit eternal life. It's a worthy goal, for our hearts are troubled by a guilty conscience. We often wonder if we have done enough or prepared ourselves properly in order to be welcomed into heaven. Since the man has addressed him as good teacher, Jesus debates with him about whether he should be called good teacher, since only God is good. But what Jesus is saying is really tongue-in-cheek. If only the man knew that he was standing in the very presence of God himself, then of course he would have been able to address him as good teacher. Jesus instructs the man to look to and obey the commandments for righteousness. And that is exactly what the young man wanted to hear. It's the response that he's been waiting for. He's ready to pat himself on the back when he hears that. For he believes in his heart that outwardly he has kept all the commandments that Jesus mentions to him. Kept them since he was a boy. If that is what is required to get into heaven, then this man is ready to go. He responds to Jesus, All these I have kept since my youth. Outwardly he looked very righteous. But Jesus was able to look into his heart. He saw that this man was trusting not in God, but in his great wealth and possessions. Jesus loved him. It's important to keep those words in perspective when we hear Jesus' response to the man. You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then, come, follow me. And then those very sad words we read. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. 
Those may be the saddest words in the whole Bible. The man was there in the very presence of the Lord and creator of the world, his Savior. And yet he went away sorrowful because of what Jesus asked him to do. Jesus does not put an impossible task before this man. He loves him, and so he goes to the heart, to the root of the matter that he sees is this man's problem. The man loves his possession more than he loves the Lord, more than he loves eternal life. And so his possessions will keep him from his desired goal. Quite often we talk about Jesus as the great physician. We know that he had power to heal many people during his years of ministry on the earth. And that gives us confidence to bring before the Lord our loved ones who are ailing with our prayers. But Jesus is also the great physician in his ability to diagnose the root problem, to get to the heart of the matter, as, we, as he did with this man who approached him. And Jesus correctly diagnoses the real problem which held this man back from following Jesus with his whole heart. His turning away would have eternal consequences. The heart of the matter. It is the same challenge which Jesus lies before us today. Do we ultimately trust our wealth, our possessions, our relationships, our education or insurance to protect us? What if those things were taken away? In the Great Depression of the 1920s, many people committed suicide because they lost their life savings when the market crashed. And that's what ultimately they were trusting in. And more recently, Robin Hood Trading Hap has settled a wrongful death lawsuit over the death of a college student who killed himself believing that he had lost vast sums on the app. 20-year-old Alex Kearns killed himself in June 2020 after seeing a negative balance of $730,000 on the trading app. However, the balance did not reflect the portfolio's value or the debt that he owed. It likely came from complex option trades, which can leave temporary balances while they settle out over multiple days. Before his death, Kearns emailed Robinhood seeking help from them about this negative balance, but he only got an automated response in return. Do those responses to loss show us what people are ultimately trusting in? What if the stock market crashed tomorrow? Would it cause you to despair of your life in this world and your trust in an eternity with our Lord Jesus? After all, we are aware of the caveat that's placed on all stock and bond and mutual fund trades. Investing in the stock market involves risk. You may lose all or some of your invested principal. What if an earthquake or a tornado destroyed your home tomorrow? Would you be able to recover from the loss? Just as with the man who approached him seeking eternal life, Jesus challenges our heart. What are we ultimately trusting in for salvation and abundant life? Is it money, family, insurance? Or do you believe in your heart that Jesus is the true treasure? He loves you too, just as he loved the man in the gospel account. 
Interestingly, Jesus told the man to go, sell all he had and give the money to the poor, and then come follow me. But elsewhere, Jesus told his disciples, the poor you will always have with you. By these sayings, Jesus shows that he is concerned for the welfare of the poor around us. But ultimately, he is concerned about the spiritual welfare of all people in this world. As we give of our tithes and offerings to Jesus through the church, he is able to use those for the blessing of the church so that others may come to hear about him and to believe in him. Our gifts also help to care for the needs of our neighbor. Not too long ago, Jonathan, a young Lutheran Hour supporter, sent a small gift to our ministry with this note. Please find enclosed $12 from my allowance collected over the last five months. I want other people to know about Jesus. I hope this helps. It was a small gift, a widow's might, but it touched my heart to learn about Jonathan's passion for seeing that other people have the chance to hear and to believe in Jesus. Ultimately, our hearts reveal where our priorities are. Luther wrote in his explanation of the first commandment, we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. That was the test that was put before the man in the gospel. When Jesus tested him as to what his highest priority is, that is, what he was fearing, loving, and trusting in above all things, he walked away sorrowful because he did not want to be parted from his many possessions. And so that's also the ultimate question for us, too. In what are you trusting in your heart? Jesus loves you, and he wants your whole faith and trust to be in him. Indeed, he is a trustworthy object for your faith. Compare the response of the man in the gospel to the early disciples, Peter, James, and John. Jesus said to the man in the gospel, Go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And come, follow me. And the man went away sorrowful. But when, Peter said to Peter, when Jesus said to Peter, James, and John, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, they left their nets and followed him. It was costly for them to follow. Their families may not have understood their choices and the loss of those helpers on the fishing boats. But as Peter would later say to Jesus, when Jesus asked the twelve if they wanted to leave him too, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. These early disciples recognized in Jesus the creator and the savior of the world, and they could not turn away from him no matter how difficult a request he made of them. For most of us, Jesus will not ask us to leave families and occupations in order to follow him full time. For most of us, our call is to serve the Lord through our vocations, whether that is at, with the family, at home, at school, or in our jobs. Jesus provides for our daily needs by giving us jobs and income, wealth and possessions. We may use the things of this world, but always being careful not to get wrapped up in them. When we have that attitude, when we put Jesus first, it frees us up to have a different attitude about our money 
and possessions. We can support the Lord's work without fear because we trust in Jesus' love and his ability to provide for us. We take care of the needs of our family. We see the needs and respond to the needs of our neighbor around us. The pandemic this past year and a half has provided us with many opportunities to see the needs of our neighbor because of the loss of jobs and the increase of basic needs. And if we should suffer some major catastrophe, another great depression or the loss of a house or the loss of our primary job or even the loss of good health, we do not lose hope. Our ultimate hope is not in our possessions, our home, or our job. Our ultimate hope is in the Lord Jesus because we know that he loves us. He loves us enough to come down into this world to suffer alongside of us, to weep with us in our griefs, even to suffer death on the cross in order to forgive our sins and to restore us to a right relationship with our Heavenly Father so that we have the hope of everlasting life. That is a hope that cannot be taken away from us, no matter what disasters or trials we suffer through in this world. Jesus has called us to follow him, and we have responded, Lord, to who else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have a Lord who loves us, and who promises to be with us no matter what the circumstances. And therefore, we need not fear anything that this world can throw at us or take from us. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.